Welcome, y'all, to the cradle, a place for black, yellow, green, and everybody in between. Thank you, guys. So I am your girl, Grace, from ATL, where I get all my multicultural food. Yo, if you know me, you know I love food, like bulgogi. My peeps will consider me a pretty complex human being. But with a bold passion for Christ, a love for people, a love for culture, a love for food, intellect, and a keen interest in the human interaction. And today's show, I would like to introduce my dear friend, Alyssa. She is just a marvelous woman of God. She is fierce. She's an entrepreneur. She's a businesswoman. She's a scholar who loves to explore difficult conversations about women's place in the world and other topics that are necessary to you and I. She is funny. Girl, she's funny. Oh, she is funny. And she's warm. She's one of my closest sisters and a dear friend. Um, She keeps me on my toes as well. So today's topic is really exploring the role of women and significance of women's in the church and in the world. So here we are going to tackle those issues about women's place, about women's significance and their role. It's not fully, um, you know, we don't come to a full resolution, but it's a great place um, to start the conversation. So welcome everyone. Let's go on this journey together. So hey, Alicia girl, welcome. Hey, how you, you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Are you excited to be on the cradle? I am. This is my first time doing anything like this, so ah! I am. I'm excited. So today we are going to be talking about um, women in the church and women's leadership and women's authority in the church, and where do we stand? Okay. So. First of all, I want to start with, you guys know this, and oftentimes we have to think about the Bible is is simplistic in its principle, but yet complex when it comes to the issues around women and authority. We see in the Old Testament, women being ridiculed at a certain point. We also see women like Deborah shattering all of our perspective about what womanhood is. She was a commander. She was a warrior. She was also a wife. She was many things. But then we see Paul in the New Testament talk about, in 1 Timothy um, uh, verse 2, talking about women are not allowed to teach um, and to assume authority over men. Paul celebrates women, but yet also insinuates that women should not be teaching over men in the church. So what does that mean for women in leadership? So Lisa, what do you think of what, if, what if, for you, what it's been to be a woman in the kingdom? Okay, so a little bit about me. I am from Mississippi, born and raised, and I grew up in a very um, conservative family. Mm. Um, So this particular issue is a very hot-button issue in my family. Um, So my experience, I know that um, my spiritual gifting is to um, be a teacher, and so I am working on growing in that and moving forward Mm. in that, um, I choose um, to not 
put a title on myself, mm. um, not because I don't honor people in their titles, but right. because I just don't, I choose to let that be other people's battle and struggle and whatever else. Mm. And, and to not, um, to just not get so engrossed in that and so engrossed in what I am or what my label is that I distract from the work that God is attempting to do through whatever message um, he's sending. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's been a hot button issue. (laughs) I mean, you guys can already hear. I mean, she's deep. Okay, so we are going to be I want to delve deeper into this. So Mississippi, the South Mm -hmm. has a reputation of not always honoring women, but what are, for you growing up there? What did it feel like? I mean, even in your own family, like what does like what struggles did you have? In that? Um, I think so. I think the struggles that I had were not just exclusive to me being a woman, mm-hmm. but just being a person in a very conservative church and conservative Mm. family so Mm. my family um they are leaders in the church so um that's a whole nother (laughs) a whole nother thing in and of itself just growing up um kind of being in that uh spotlight where everyone feels like this um right to judge your actions and you know just scrutinize so many things about you or your family based on the positions that your um, parents or your family holds so Mm -hmm. that in itself was a component but also being raised in a very you know conservative denomination Mm -hmm. um it was very easy and I often found myself going into a very legalistic um Mm -hmm. relationship with the Lord um and I was not free from that or did not begin the process of freedom from that until I went off to college and began to um, grow in my own relationship and experience the Lord for myself Mm. and, you know, really read and have the freedom of interpretation um, for myself and the Holy Spirit just teaching me um, different things about his word. Of course, he sent great people to um, come alongside me in that journey Mm -hmm. to just also help make sense of different things but um, you know when you grow up in a very conservative environment Mm -hmm. it gets very easy to um, translate actions to acceptance Mm -hmm. and then to take that attitude and mentality Mm -hmm. and, and put it in your relationship with the Lord I mean so you sound like you not only have a multi layered identity in the lord now obviously i love the fact that you said it wasn't just because i was a woman it was the environment right you know it was it was different components that played a role um, whether you're from the south or the north or even from the african continent from the asian continent we all have different cultural norms that play a role in how we function in general right and so you talk about your journey about knowing how to like you overcame some of this strong i guess strong we would say strongholds right mm-hmm. over your mind about your identity and even as a woman through learning the word for yourself right and the freedom use the word the freedom of interpretation what does that look like to actually have freedom so of interpretation i think um i think that one amazing thing or, or one component that is often maybe not looked at as closely or considered as closely, especially when it pertains to, you talked about cultures, when it pertains to the African-American church, um, which I did grow up in a 
majority um, African American mm-hmm. um, environment and denomination is that especially during the civil rights movement but even if you look at slavery church was so much more than church Mm. it wasn't just people coming for the word it was people coming and organizing meetings and figuring out how they were going to um you know secure their rights and different things like that and so with that comes a heavy dependence upon the pastor to interpret the word for you know for them Mm -hmm. um and i think even though we aren't in that phase you know even though we aren't um in slavery where you know it's not we're not permitted to learn to read and write and so we have Mm -hmm. to depend on other people to um interpret Mm -hmm. the bible for us or we're not in a um church setting where we may or we're not during the civil rights movement where we were not um permitted equal opportunity for education and so we don't have access to resources to be Mm -hmm. able to interpret and so then we have to depend on the pastor like so even though we've come out of those things and now we can access so many resources and knowledge is just everywhere Mm -hmm. we still find ourselves depending on other people to interpret the word for us and i do believe that god gives us brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in a community that will come alongside of us and hold us accountable and um and teach us you know to to hear the lord and all of those things and um i do think that community is an important part mm-hmm. but it's not the only part but there's still a very individual aspect to each of our relationships with the lord <laughs> whoa okay y'all that was a mouthful a lot of powerful things that you said Alyssa. that was really powerful we now live in a time where women are changing right like the status of women are changing women are ceos women um some women are are choosing not to be married some some women are choosing to make their career their lives some women are doing both some women um, we also have the issue of sexuality, sexual mm-hmm. orientation kind of playing a role um, with women. And so there's so many different factors, right, with women right now, whether it is the Me Too movement, where women feel like for, for so long we've been, uh, you know, abused for so long, whether it right. is verbally or sexually or physically. And, and oftentimes the church doesn't know how to tackle these issues, mm-hmm. right? And so we see... In First Timothy chapter two, um, nine through fifteen. But guys, I want to focus specifically on parts of the scriptures where it says, "You know, I want, I also want, um, want the woman to dress modest, modestly with decency, and adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold pearls or expensive clothing, but verse ten, but with good deeds and appropriate for the woman who profess to worship God." And so this is the next verse, I think, really is what struck people in the world and mm-hmm. also in the church, which is a woman should teach in quietness, boop, quiet in the room, <laughs> and <laughs> teach in quietness and full submission. I do not, verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over, women, uh, over men. She must be quiet for Adam was formed first, then Eve. You know, obviously it goes on saying Adam was not the one that, um, Adam was not the one de- um, deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women, I will be saved through childbearing if they 
were to continue in faith, love, and holiness with uh, propriety. So this is interesting because there's uh, quite a few um, heavy words that Paul puts in front of us, mm-hmm. right? And obviously there is contextual things to consider in, in, in what Paul was writing this time because women in that time in the church in that time were being very elaborate. They would, there was very there's an issue with classism where certain women would dress a certain way to come to church to show their class. There was, you know, would argue in that time were being were being overly like um, explosive with their bodies. Or, but what a starting point is a woman supposed to cover up, right? Mm-hmm. He says, you know, women should should dress mod- modestly. Right. So what does that mean? We're gonna break this apart. Scripture okay. by scripture. What does it mean? That's a little tricky because do we are we gonna you know police women as they come to church? What happens if they're not in the church? Right. So I think so. Okay. So my dad um, asked a question about. Um, so this is a, a long time ago. So my dad is like a. He's so. I don't know. Both of my parents are just wonderful teachers. Yes. Wonderful, just. I don't know, examples. And so I enjoy conversation with them. And so sometimes my dad will ask us these questions (laughs) that lead us into, you know, discussions. And so um, my dad asked us if, if churches should have a dress code. Ooh, wow. And um, my response was no. He was like, you know, what do you mean? You know, it's the presence of the Lord and all of this. And on one hand, like, yeah, you know, corporately, there is a corporate um, thing that happens when we enter into a church building. But now, so in the Old Testament, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God resided in the temple. Yeah. But when Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn and the Holy Spirit came, now the presence of the Lord lives in us. So there's not a dress code for just when we go to church is a dress code for our lives because we're always in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I think um, the second part of what Paul says in um, in 10 is like the contrast. It's like it's, he's not saying there's necessarily a problem with elaborate hairstyles or with gold jewelry or pearls, but um, but rather he wants the women of the congregation, the women belonging to this church to adorn themselves with what's appropriate for women who claim to be worshiping God. That's so good. So good. So it's like, you know, dressing in a way. And I think even though he's addressing women here, I think that goes for women and men, especially now as we enter into a very interesting <laughs> um mm-hmm time with even male preachers and the way that mm. they dress and it can be a distraction mm. to to people to females um who are in that. the congregation That's and so, so good so even though paul is speaking to um women here i think that it's a um principle that could be applied to everyone that we should all dress mm-hmm. um as people who are claiming to worship god which means we don't distract so much with the way that we're dressed that we um that people aren't able to see the lord in us Mm. and i love that you keep um insinuating right but but i think you are you are doing this in a very smooth form incorporating men the discussion in the Mm. sense of like even though paul is calling women out when it comes to having, you said the beautiful quote, you said dress for our lives. So like now 
the Holy Spirit is living within us. Yeah. So we don't have to carry this burden, right, of this continuous, like, you know, back in the Old, Old Testament, it's like you have to sacrifice lamp and different things to um, repent of our sins. But right. now we carry the Holy Spirit. There's a constant repentance that needs to happen within us. And so I love that you keep bringing men into this. This is awesome. <laughs> hey, brothers, like, we love y'all, but we gotta, y'all, y'all got to be implicated in the process. Because yeah. I, I think it comes with a... With a motive. Yeah. Right? As well, well mm. not I'll the say heart. for both. I'll say for both. Because I right. was going to say, especially for women, but I think for men too, when you walk by the mirror and well. you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I look, you know, Hello. I look good today, but it's like, okay, you know, what? Right. what's the motive and what's yeah. the heart behind? That is so good. Behind what you're putting on your body. Um, and I heard somebody. I feel like it was an older, a older seasoned saint, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we call them, who said, um, "Do you consult with the Lord before you leave the house? Like, do oh, you consult so about what you have on your body?" And I don't really, you know, I don't really do that. But I don't. That hasn't been a struggle, you know, for me. I think for people, especially for um, those who come from homes where they church wasn't. You know, where church church culture is new to them, right? So they aren't familiar with church culture. They don't know what I'm supposed to wear. So that may be something that that they have to grow in. So I think it's an area that is, it's a point that's valid. Mm -hmm. You know, that Paul makes a valid point that, you know, that our dress shouldn't take away from our, our message and our witness. But also I think the church could stand to show some grace in that area mm-hmm. um, for some people who are not familiar because a lot of times the, the church can be unloving yeah. um, mm. towards people who are not familiar with the culture right. or familiar with the word or familiar with um, with what the lifestyle looks like. Right. Um, but Jesus loved on those people and we should too. Right. So, because yeah. we see that the beauty about the gospel is, is particularly you see in the book of Luke, that Christ, you know, demonstrates the love for women, love for the oppressed, love for the Gentiles, love for the forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so we know part of his coming was to restore the human idea of what love meant. Right. Uh, of, of what it means to be a kingdom child. And it's not dependent on oftentimes how many things we put on our bodies, but to what extent do we police people? Right, without right. actually understanding their stories, because I can change the outside, I can change what I wear, right, and my internal still be so good, not not right, you so know. Good. Like so I can good. come into a church and and I think even and not to jump ahead, but even yes, as please. Paul talks about um, jump ahead, you know, women, <laughs> women not teaching men, but somewhere else he talks about women teaching women and children, mm-hmm. and so many times I feel like we look down on that, right? We mm-hmm. we take what is our gifting um, to teach women and to teach children is a gift and we look down on it and we turn Mm -hmm. our nose up at it, but it's such a need Mm -hmm. um, to be able to have the gift to love on my sister who is not familiar with this new space that she's coming into, but she Mm -hmm. has recognized that there's a longing for, for something deeper than what she's been pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to take her in love and teach her to cause a transformation on the inside. And that changes the way you look at yourself from the outside. Okay, I hope y'all taking notes. Draw down your questions for us because we, I want to 
have you guys really go deeper if you have questions for us please jot them down um, so you you already jumped ahead, which is sorry. perfect. No, no, sorry, because it keeps me... Y'all know I can go on forever, okay? But this keeps me right. It keeps me really centered. But you talk about, you know, verse um, 12 of 1 Timothy 2nd, that I do not permit women to teach or assume authority over men. That mm-hmm. scripture, I mean, it's controversial. I know personally I struggle with that scripture, right? right? I struggle not because, you know, I don't believe that... I know the authority in which men stand over, right, the household. Mm-hmm. I know the authority of Christ over the church. But I see women who have the gift to yeah. teach, not just to, not just to women, but to men as well. I see people like Priscilla Shia, which obviously have a women ministry, but I invited to churches to teach over men, mm-hmm. right? We are seeing more of that happen. But to what, like, what does that scripture mean to you? Because I've right. studied the scripture for myself, but I. I'm, I'm not here to talk about my opinion. I'm, we want to hear from you. Right. I think I struggle with it. I mean, it, it's a it's a scripture that I I really, um, honestly, I struggle with um, because, like you said, I see so many women who are serving the kingdom with excellence. Mm-hmm. I mean, in their positions. And and so it's like, well, how, you know, how have you anointed and opened doors for them to do this if it's not your desire and, you know, things like that. But even uh, Priscilla, I watched her do a um, sermon at, I believe she did it at her seminary. So I think she Mm -hmm. did it at um, uh, DTS or Dallas uh, Theological. When she goes up to speak. She references the verse and she says, my husband is here as my covering. Whoa. And so I I just, I find that so interesting. interesting. That's so, you know, interesting to me, you know, because she's operating in this position of of teaching and her husband is there um, to service her covering as she teaches um men and so i i don't know and then just as we were reading the verse what came to mind was in genesis where um after um eve has eaten the fruit and adam has eaten the fruit and god is talking about what will happen now so the Mm -hmm. consequences of these actions and he says your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you and i think we are constantly you know we we are constantly um because in my translation which i have the um complete jewish bible and um so you guys i am reading from the niv version just for your information yes so and it says that um so my version says I closed my book she closed the book girl because the Holy Spirit is in the room okay just don't want me to be great um I mean the Holy Spirit wants me to be great he does want you to be great you are pretty great now (laughs) thanks um let a woman learn in peace fully submitted but I do not permit a woman to teach a man or exercise authority over him rather she is to remain at peace and that peace part because right. I think there's mm-hmm. a constant striving and so that brings me back to your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you that there will always be this striving yes. to be over men in in places where maybe we aren't right. supposed to I think that there's a difference between a woman who 
is called into a place. She knows what God has called her to do. She's walking in that in excellence, Mm -hmm. you know, fully submitted to the Lord versus Mm -hmm. someone who is bitter because people have told her that she can't be this and she has church hurt Mm -hmm. and she has, I think that there's, there's a completely different space. Mm -hmm. So, so the piece is, you know, the piece is just different. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I, in my honesty, I don't know mm. because you look at people like Deborah, yeah, who is appointed to you know to rule over this army of men, um, and you say, well, God anointed her and blessed mm-hmm. her to rule, so you can't say that it's a deviation from God's character. Mm, no, Mm-mm. but then you have Paul, who is an excellent teacher. Right. Um, an elder of of the word and who is, you know, discipling and pastoring or what would be pastoring for us, all of these churches mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has this this closeness with the Lord. Right. And this is what he says. So it's like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And, and I think you touch on right, like part of what I believe you are touching on, right? And that we have all conflicted because there is a, a point in time that we must evaluate our hearts and figure out what part of me is better and mm-hmm. how is that bitterness influencing how I look at the scripture. Right. And how I receive the scripture and how, what the Holy Spirit is saying to me about the scripture. Mm-hmm. But we do also know that you talk about Genesis, the scripture about men will rule over their wives, but that was due to their falling. That was right. due to when they fell and, and ate the apple. Right. Right. And then we know we saw Jesus Christ c- came and, and, and died on the cross. So I like to believe when the cross and the blood was mm-hmm. shed, there was the curse. There's like a restoration. There was a restoration. Yeah. Right? And <sighs> However, but we've seen but the struggle. But you still see the striving. We you know? see the and striving. So it is it is so. And so what I have come to where I have peace is. Where's your um, peace, bro? Where's my peace? peace is in a call is personal, mm. but I can judge by fruit. Mm. And so I know by Preach fruit, that. if the Holy Spirit is with you and if you're operating in the Holy Spirit or if you are operating deviant to the Holy Spirit and pursuing your own agenda or whatever. And I think... And, and bringing this back, um, mm-hmm. I think that we have to begin to judge men by that standard, too. That's right. On a more consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Because I think we are very eager to um, give a man a platform because he says he's called to preach. Oh, whoa. As preach. though being a male is the only qualifier. You know? Right. It's no, the no, no, only qualifier or qualification. But when a woman says that she's called to preach... There's so there's many criteria. Yeah, there's so many things, and it's so um, strenuous mm. the things that she has to go through. But when a man says, you know, he's called mm. to preach, it's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, mm. make these arrangements and do these things, and and that's not true across the board. You know, there right. are always, you know, um, there are people who have different processes, and but historically, especially in the African American church. You know, I've seen male leaders without training, you know, leading congregations. And um, I just think teaching is one thing. Right. Teaching and being called to teach. That's what I'm called to do. I'm a a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, 
being a pastor is a completely different calling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just because you're called to teach doesn't mean you're called a pastor. That is so good. Um, because there's a whole nother component that comes. Like you look at Paul, for example, who is an elder who I would think is a would be a modern day pastor. And you see him writing these letters to these churches and he knows what's going on at the churches. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He he's so aware of what's going on. He's addressing the issues of the congregation, and it's so much more than just teaching the word, mm-hmm. but it's also making the word applicable to what's happening around them, um, and calling them into accountability and being aware of what's mm-hmm. happening in your congregation. Um, there is a shepherding and a a headship. Mm-hmm. Um, that is associated with, with being a pastor that comes with that call. Y'all, look, I could fall over, okay? This is so good. I could fall over. But this is, I think, the reason why I love the cradle is we have people like our sister here who is theologically sound, knows the word, grew up in the church. And, I, and later on, I want to touch a little bit about the fact that she's a businesswoman and entrepreneur because that's a big deal as a woman now. But also, you know, in, in our culture, she's she's juggling a lot of different things, a lot of different balls, but also honoring men in that space and, and having that understanding. So there was a couple of triggering things that she said, right? She touched on the motives part. Like, what is your motives behind wanting a position in right. the church? What is your motive not just in the church, but what is your motive in wanting to lead an organization, mm. wanting to be a CEO, wanting to be a business owner, wanting to be, wanting to be a business owner? Like because it will crush you. Like it, it will, will. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It will. It I will mean, crush. pastoring, preaching, teaching, entrepreneurship. It will. It will crush you if the you are not it. gifted for it. That's like, right. If you are not genuinely called and gifted to be in that space, you will crush under the present under the the pressure of that. Absolutely. Of what's associated with that um, with those positions. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So you talk about also holding male accountable mm-hmm. in all of this, which I, I you keep bringing it back into that, which is awesome because accountability needs to be accountable across the board. Yeah. Children and men and women. Like, we need to be held accountable. But you touch on another important piece that I, I believe is important because oftentimes part of the argument out there about the scripture is there is a difference between teaching mm-hmm. and being a pastor because a pastor shepherds the church. Mm-hmm. Right? A pastor is over the church. Right. However, we also know the Lord talked about that he's the head of the church. So then we know that technically the pastor is not necessarily in the spiritual dynamics, it's not the head because Christ is the head of the church. But he's given the authority to pastors to shepherd the church. Right. Talk about, from your perspective, teaching versus pastoring. A woman can be a pastor in the church, Mm -hmm. but she should, can she, and should she be the head of the church? I mean, in in that physical... That's another thing that I don't know. Right? Because I think that goes back to what Paul is teaching and if God has not ordained for you to be in that space 
then you will not have the gifting that it takes to be the head or to be the shepherd. Mm -hmm. Because now, I mean, granted, teachers have a responsibility. We're responsible for what we teach. Mm -hmm. We are responsible for what comes out of our mouths because we're to be, um, we're, we're to, you know, to teach the word. Um, with integrity mm-hmm. um, and so we do have a responsibility um, for what we teach and for those people that God has given us to teach mm-hmm. and things like that pastor you're, you are responsible for many souls mm. which is is cutting across so many different things right it is cutting across the weight of being a leader the, whether it's a man or a woman, but the weight, especially that one carries with the calling, but especially what that weight can do to a person if that calling is not from God. Right. And if it's not right. But also that whether it is a teacher or a pastor, though we've not fully answered, is a woman supposed to head over the church as a pastor or not? We've not answered that, but we do know it has to be a calling yeah. and it has to be ordained by God and it can be your own will. It can be because I think I'm good at it. It can be because I'm so damn good at, you know, the scriptures. It has to be a calling because right. ultimately as a woman or a male, you will fall under the pressures. But I think that's why you see so many just taking this outside of preaching and teaching for a moment. Right. Um, Take it there. Take music. It there. Hello. Is a major one where you yes. see people who... Sing and um, who have these musical talents and abilities, and do not have the gifting, the t- the grace mm-hmm. to be on certain levels and certain platforms in that. Because yes. with those platforms comes access to mm-hmm. a lot of things, and you see a lot of people breaking down mm-hmm. because they're they're not grace for the platform that they're on. Come on. You know, and I think mm-hmm. we get caught up in the hustle and in the striving and we got to have a platform. We got to have people watching. We got to have this and that. But when you make a mistake mm-hmm. and when you have to go back and say, I taught this and I, you know, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that it wasn't mm-hmm. right. You mm-hmm. know, and this yes. is, you know, really what this scripture is saying, or this is really what the word is saying. Do you have the grace to be able to go back and apologize and, and go back and correct um and say, you know, with that humility that you were wrong. Or are you just going to carry on? You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't just teach this to a whole bunch of people. Um, mm-hmm. And that you're not responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So there's a grace that comes with, you know. With a calling. Yeah, there, there's a grace that yeah. comes with it. And I, I don't, I can't remember the scripture. But, um, but Paul talks about that when he talks about gifting. And he talks mm. about we all have a different grace. that goes with that gifting and um we did a series at our church um on purpose and we talked about how people can have the same gift and do completely different things because our grace is different that's right yeah And, and i think it's important guys to understand that grace is sufficient for all people however if the calling or the the purpose in which you are walking in is not what god has called you to do the grace will not be there Right. It would feel more heavier. It would feel more more painful, even at times. It, it's, I mean, now mind you, our callings, regardless of what you're called to, if, if there is grace, there is the wilderness season with those things. There is pain. There yeah, is there's, oh, there's difficulty. But there's a different difficulty. But, but there's a different. It's not like, because even in those difficulties, you realize God is with you. And you're in, you're on the path 
that yes. you know what I'm saying so it's like yes. going up a mountain right okay so if I'm going up a mountain come on and I'm going on okay here this is better so you know when you go to like the natural parks and uh-huh. they say stay on the trail hello so there's I've been difficult- going off the trail y'all all the time <laughs> there are some difficulties that you will encounter on the trail right yeah. you may have hills and different mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. But when you go off the trail, if you're not someone who's experienced in hiking, mm-hmm. right? If you don't have that grace, yeah. that knowledge, you're going to run into some some mm-hmm. difficulties that you are not graced for yeah. because you are off of your path. Mm. You're not in a space that you have grace for. That's right. Yeah. Tools. I mean, you guys know this. it's important on this cradle podcast that we are taking away concrete tools i want you to examine i mean what she just said do you have grace in the calling that god has called you to do right now do you have grace a woman or man but particularly if you're called to preach or teach or be a business person a ceo a doctor is there grace in your calling and i want you to really reflect on that right whether you are asian black white Indian, Native American, whatever your race might be, um, or sex, is do, do I have grace in the things that God is calling me to do? It's awesome to see you really breaking down this to us. And you mentioned something about humility. Mm-hmm. And that is such, I mean, gosh, that is such a difficult word, right? Like, right. Humility is like one of those things where I think people struggle with. Mm. Myself, like in some spaces, because we are always striving to prove ourselves. And so how have you, even in your own life, dealt with humility Mm -hmm. and allowing the Holy Spirit... Oh, we're getting personal. Y'all, you know we gotta get personal on this podcast, okay? (laughs) You know, but without, without honesty, right, without transparency, we can never grow and so this is why we create transparency on here so share with us how have you dealt with it's been difficult you know it it has been a difficult journey and I'm still on it um and I I talked on I talked about or I touched on earlier that legalism Mm -hmm. was really a a struggle for me that you know if I do all of the right things the Lord will love me the Lord will accept Mm. me if I continue to do the right things and that just wasn't my attitude with God that was my attitude with people that if I perform if I behave well Mm. then um then that means God loves me Mm. that means that people will love me Mm -hmm. and so um you know coming from that mentality and now um being called to be a teacher and and having visions of what God wants to do with that gifting Mm -hmm. um, creates a space where you can easily fall into what the word calls selfish ambition. So I am pursuing these things, not because I desire to glorify you, Lord, but because I believe that this will lead to greater acceptance. This will lead to um, greater love, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to consistently repent and and I um have come across in my study time um mm-hmm. this verse that talks about well, um bring the verse in <laughs> God opposes uh mm-hmm, the 
God opposes proud. God God opposes, like his spirit is not in jealousy. His spirit is not with um, those who are selfishly ambitious, but he gives grace to the humble. And so I have been in prayer for grace, that God would grace me um, to be humble, to be... um, to be in a space where I understand that all of my gifting, all of my knowledge or any understanding that I have comes from him. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that I can do apart from him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, whether you were saved at five or 15 or 25 or 55, Mm -hmm. whenever it was, you know, um, that that's all grace, that we are saved by grace, Mm -hmm. um, that we have faith through grace like mm-hmm. it is God's grace who um that has moved for us to receive these revelations of his spirit to receive these revelations of um of who he is and what he's done for us and mm-hmm. so you know it wasn't that Elisa decided oh I'm gonna you know know the Lord today no yeah. he loved me first oh so good he loved me first you know he revealed himself to me first mm-hmm. and I responded to a revelation mm-hmm. um and so I think those things, you know, really um, having an understanding of the cross and what that means for you, having an Mm -hmm. understanding of, and I think that's why it's so important to read the Old Testament, you know, hello, Um, because a lot of people like to focus on the New Testament, which is great, but, um, but to read the Old Testament and to understand, you know, about these rituals and these things that they had to do in order to you know be right with god and the whole bible is the story of god redeeming people Mm. of of god pulling us back you know to him desiring to be in relationship with us um and so that makes you humble i mean that brings you into humility when you really let that sit in your heart yeah So guys, that scripture that she referenced about God resists the power and gives grace to the humble is James chapter 4. Now we know, y'all, we, sometimes we got to call it out, okay? So I want you so guys to... James, not Paul. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, whole, the whole point is, look, it's not about... I've said this all the time on the podcast. It's never about being a biblical scholar, mm-hmm. but it's about knowing the word in your heart. And that, that word produces fruit, which it has for you. And so we know the word lives in you. Right. And it just comes out. I mean, you, you guys have heard it a hundred times. I mean, you just spin the word because it's in the spirit. And so I want to touch on a few things before we go. Okay. This is so beautiful. I mean, I feel like this conversation cuts across so many things. It's cutting across race, culture, um, gender. And so for you... What has it look? What has it been like to have your own business as as a woman of like juggling? Like, oh, it's for, been interesting. What is it? I mean, and it's successful, y'all. It's like it's. So, what does it look like being a businesswoman? Um, because you are also kind of teaching children. In some, I mean, I know you are. Yes, I'm a speech pathologist, so I work with kids. Yes. Um. It's been interesting, and I don't, and I know we don't have time for us to go into my whole story into she has a story, y'all. my journey to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But entrepreneurship is a gift; mm-hmm. it is a gifting. And when, um, and I remember I was going through a really rough season in school. I was going through a very, um, I, I was being um, oppressed by a spirit. I just did not know that. Mm. I did not have the um, spiritual insight. 
to to know that that's what was happening. Mm. Um, And so... Um, I just went through a really difficult season. I ended up not finishing school when I anticipated. Yeah. Felt like a failure. Was mad at God. Had plans to accept and move, accept a job and mm-hmm. move to Atlanta. Um, that all kind of, you know, fell apart because I didn't graduate. But God was still calling me to move to Atlanta, and so mm-hmm. um, I moved or whatever. And um, man, I, I moved in faith, even though I was tempted to. <laughs> go pack up and go home and just finish wow. out school and um and which I did you know eventually finish school but um but the Lord led me to get a job which like kind of built a base for me to become an entrepreneur in my in my um professional field of speech pathology but even before this because someone had uh, prophesied to me I was like I just see chamber of commerce and I was like Lord I don't know what he's talking about because that's business and I'm not I'm not a business person I'm about to be a speech pathologist I don't know why yeah so but then and I was like Lord I just don't understand how this happened and and God was like this is who you've always been Mm -hmm. and he gave me this memory of when I was little I had to be maybe seven Mm -hmm. and um, me and a family friend were coloring pictures and I was Mm -hmm. like well we should sell these we should sell these pictures. Our family loves us. They're going to buy these pictures Ooh. for 10 cents. <laughs> You've always been a hustler. Yes. And um, and then going from there to being 13 and um, taking babysitting classes and printing out business cards to have a babysitting business to college um, and grad school. I took up photography and it turned into a business. Like People were contacting me to do um photography for them Mm -hmm. I did my friend's wedding one of my um grad school friends wedding um and it wasn't I didn't have to like do a lot of you know extra stuff it wasn't that I was promoting it it wasn't that I was trying to turn it into a business I had Mm -hmm. gone through some difficulties and was looking to find a way to relax and it just turned into a business Mm -hmm. um and even using those skills now uh, I, I do own a business where I see children for who have speech wow. disorders, but I also work with entrepreneurs and I help them build websites and I do consultations with entrepreneurs about their marketing and about their business organization and um, helping other people because I'm gifted to do it mm. um, because I am a teacher. Mm. And, and that is at the root of everything That's right. is that... Um, when God called me, he called me teacher. Mm. And that is who, that's who I am. Is, is you teaching teacher. now. <laughs> you, you're teaching all of us right now. There are so many powerful things, guys, that was said today. And I know you guys are probably like, your mind is going crazy. Because mine is too. So as we leave, I, I like to leave little droplets of advice for our our folks our, our, our folks around the country uh folks around the world hello prophesied we're gonna <laughs> expand guys um what would you tell women what would you tell men what would you tell the world and what would you tell the church let's begin with women okay what would i tell women about about not letting the bitterness i mean across the board mm-hmm. men or women but particularly right now for women how do you go past Letting our hurt, our pain, our misunderstanding influence 
how we look at the Bible, how we approach the Word of God, mm-hmm. but also going to a place of how do you overcome some of those contradictions and taking the Word for yourself. Okay. Um, so, I, I'm sorry. Everything is like a story for me. I don't know why. Tonight. I love stories. But, um, but recently, um, I was talking to the Lord about, about some different things, and um, he told me, just be a child. Whoa, and so he just gave me this image of of me being behind, like being a little girl, two, three maybe, mm. just behind my father. And it's, I don't have to fight for me. Mm. God fights for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm called to be in a space, God makes room for me Whoa, to be in on. that space. I don't have to fight against people who have said things about me or to me that are um, disrespectful or hateful Mm -hmm. or whatever because I get to hide behind my father. I I get that, you know, that privilege that he he holds me. He takes me in. And so um, my advice to to those who are dealing with that bitterness and who are holding... uh, that bitterness and attempting to prove you know that you aren't who people said you are that Mm. you can be better than whatever it is um be a child whoa yeah be a child and let your father carry you and and protect you and Mm. watch over you and love you so good um yeah be a child Uh, okay (laughs) so for men right we know society has played a big role, right? Mm-hmm. Societal norms um, have played a big role. Uh, and, and partially the Bible and the church has made it difficult spacing for men. Men um, feel like they have to be a certain type of way to be a man. But also how can men, from, from a woman's perspective, from your perspective, how can men support women in this intense um, society around this dynamics? Mm-hmm. But also, how can men just continue to push through some of those dynamics? Right. Um, I, I think we are taught, you know, that, that in the same instance that, you know, Paul is te- teaching us about these roles and ministry mm-hmm. and things like that. He also teaches us husbands love your wives like Christ mm-hmm. loves the church. And I think that that type of love where we um, have this dedication to brothers and sisters in, in mm-hmm. Christ, um, to brothers and sisters in general, to even people who have not come into this knowledge of Christ, right? When mm-hmm. you understand that it's by grace that you have come into this understanding, so it kind of, it takes the boasting away, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, so it, it puts you in a place of compassion, Um so to love people well, yeah. To to love people well, yeah. To yeah, not participate so in the the downing of anyone because Jesus didn't. Hello, you know when the woman who was um, an adulteress yeah. was brought before him. Yeah, yeah. He didn't participate in it. No. You know, he said, um, "Where are your accusers? Yeah, yeah. They don't accuse. Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Yeah. You know, to just be." loving to be um to be protectors to be in the space where you know if you will be married you are preparing for Mm. to be ahead Mm. if you've been called to be a pastor 
you need to pray for the you know pray for the grace and the revelation yeah. that comes with with being that if you um are called to teaching that's for anyone teaching yeah. preaching singing uh serving yeah. whatever your role is yeah. um const- consistently praying and asking god to um to to operate as though you understand that you're not operating by yourself. You're operating um, Mm -hmm. under the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. That is so good. And and the reality is we can't do this without each other. Right, male, female, we cannot do this without each other. And we weren't created to. Because we weren't created to. No, we were created to walk as partners in this kingdom. Two more people that I want to address here. Okay. What do we say to the world? Where, because sometimes we can live in our bubble as Christians mm-hmm. and we can get kind of in our own thinking. But now, yeah, the church is being confronted more and more as to how do we keep ourselves in the conversation? How do we keep ourselves relevant? What would you say to the world about this right now? What would I say to the world, to the global church? <laughs> to or the, to, what, what to, to, the, to the global church and to the world? Because the global church also needs to hear from us and say this topic needs to be talked about but to the world what is our response to the world is are we going to listen more are we going to oh what's our response to the world as far to the as world. their I, they are hurt towards the church their Ooh, criticism yeah. right like what do I think our response should be should be because I can speak to what no my response right but, should um, be but what right? our response should be compassion yeah um Compassion, mm-hmm. because even though there may be resistance, um, there's still still a struggle. Mm. In resistance, it's still a struggle. That's in right. resistance, so even though people may be hurt or it may take them longer than you would like to get over a particular yeah. issue, um, compassion, because you don't know how deep people's roots go. Mm. You have no idea. Mm. So to say you should be over this or this is who you should be or this is what you should believe or this is what you should mm. da, 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 mm-hmm. you don't know their roots. Mm-hmm. And until you take time to sit and um understand and understand and have a yeah. conversation and your goal is to get to know a person and to connect with a person. Um my goal is to to come to you as an image bearer of Christ and not just as a soul that I want to convert. Um, oh, come on. It changes the way that you approach the conversation. And so yes. I think our response or our, you know, mission to the world should be compassion. Um, compassion. I mean, you, you touched on what Christ came down here to do, right? And and it's it's so beautiful. Um and I think you even covered the church in that is that we must have compassion and yeah. um and so you covered everybody. You I mean you co- you always be yeah. covering folks with all your speeches. Well, okay. You, you okay. cover everybody, okay? So brothers, sisters, folks that I, you know, are in the church, not in the church who are listening to this podcast, I hope this has been a difficult, beautiful yet challenging conversation for you because I know it was for me that we never have it together we don't know it all I mean we are all educated in this room I mean upon degrees upon degrees but it's in the kingdom coming like a child like our sister said 
is the best way we can learn because children are without limits. They see the world in a different perspective. They are they even tend to have more compassion than we do because we become jaded by the world, by our pain, by our bitterness. But I hope that you take the time to really become a child again and to allow yourself to not read the word through even just our cultural lenses and through our racial lenses, through our gender lenses, but really allow God to do that work and allow his grace to be on your calling. Because if it's not his grace, it's going to be difficult, unnecessarily difficult. Um, and so I thank you guys. And where can we find you, our sis? Where can we find you? Like your work? Like, can folks reach out? I mean, she's single, y'all, but she's not She's not available right now. But where can folks reach out? That's so much. Um, so I'm working on a website. So, yes. So maybe by the time this airs, that, will, that project will be done. So, um... Alisa, A-L-I-S-A dash Castilla C-A-S-T-I-L-L-A dot me. Um, so please reach out to her. She's, I mean, I mean, I get to have her as a friend. I'm sorry for y'all, but she's not for sale. Um, thank you guys for sharing her with me today. This was awesome. I know I learned something new. The cradle is a place where the real and tough, difficult conversation happen. It's where the spirit of God lives and it lives in you and I. Okay, guys, see you next time. God bless you. Love y'all. Bye.